Good morning and welcome to St Swithin's here this morning for our Sunday morning service where we're as one at ten. A particular welcome to you this morning if you're joining us as a guest via the website. Thank you particularly for making time for God and to be with us in this chaotic world at the minute. Every generation needs hope. It needs something and someone to live for. And I agree with the church leader who in trying to get across the importance and the magnificence of the church, even with all its weaknesses, said that the local church is the hope of the world. Christians believe we carry the best news that anyone could receive, that we have treasure beyond any human worth that we have and want to share with other people. And we believe that St Swithin's, even with its weaknesses, is God's precious, beloved, radiant, beautiful, resplendent and cherished church, chosen to represent Christ to the world. This morning we hope and pray that you're safe and well, and that you're staying connected to one another and this morning, you find strength in your relationship with God too. Thank you for your prayers as we continue to pray for you too. So as we gather, let's pray. God of hope and life, thank you for St Swithin's. Thank you for how you pour your life into us and pour your life through us. And would you continue to set us ablaze at this time of crisis to shine for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our reading today is from 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they may accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Let's pray together as we begin. Father God, we pray that as we look at your word, you would encourage us, that we might be your people, living for you, 
serving you. Please teach us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our buildings may be closed, but the church is alive. Those are the last words at the end of a video which has been flying across social media this week. The UK Blessing is a beautiful song produced by many Christian musicians from different churches and denominations all around the country. And it's offered a sung blessing from God over the UK during this time of lockdown and coronavirus. It's a really powerful and moving demonstration that the church is alive and that God is with us. Peter uses a building metaphor in this passage to describe what it means to be God's people, to be the church. And perhaps that seems contradictory since Christians seem so often to insist that God's church is not about a building, but is instead about his people living for him wherever they find themselves. However, this metaphor is incredibly helpful. So this morning we're going to look briefly at concentrating on verses four to six from our reading. And we're going to consider three things about what it means to be church. Our foundation, our identity and our purpose. When I was growing up, my mum used to make the most amazing plum pie. It was my Sunday lunch favourite. And every time she made it, she produced this little china blackbird, which would sit in the middle of the pie, holding the short crust pastry up, stopping it from sinking into the plum and allowing the, plum, allowing the pie to breathe. Without the little blackbird, my mum's plum pie would just become more like plum mush. Our passage today describes Jesus in verse one as a living stone, as the chosen and precious cornerstone. Peter says that he is our foundation. Without him, there's no church. Like my mum's little china bird, he holds everything together. He's most important stone in the building that is church. During a time of suffering and displacement, this would have been hugely encouraging to the Christians that Peter was writing to, because it meant that wherever they were, whatever they were facing, they could depend on Christ to hold everything together. They could, as verse six says, trust him completely. You see, Peter's readers would have understood the metaphor of buildings. The building that they were most familiar with in Zion or in Jerusalem would have been the temple. They knew its history. They knew its purpose because the temple had been instituted by God for his people. It was their foundation, the place where he dwelt, and it defined them as belonging to him as they came to worship and offer sacrifices. It was the place where God lived and his glory could be seen. But you see, the people thought that the temple was indestructible. And Peter in this passage quotes Isaiah 28 verse 16, reminding God's people that when the physical temple is gone, the only security people can rely and depend on is the chosen and precious cornerstone, is Christ himself. When the physical building is no longer standing, he is the true foundation 
He is the cornerstone. And the cornerstone, you see, is the focal point of the building. It's the biggest, strongest stone on which a building depends for its structural integrity. It holds the rest of the building in place. And Christ isn't just like a large, inert piece of marble. He's the living stone. He's made alive through his resurrection and offering life to all those who trust him. We may be missing our church building as we gather in this season. But in the end, meeting in beautiful buildings, whether St Swithin's or the Abbey or Canterbury Cathedral or wherever it is, is not what makes God's people the church. It is those that depend entirely on the cornerstone, that is Christ, for everything that they need, that is God's church. He is our foundation, and as his people, we have an identity. Verse 5 says, we are like living stones, being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. For many, we consider our identity to be defined by what we do, a teacher, a parent, a retired doctor or whatever. But this isn't what Peter tells us is our identity in this passage. We are instead living stones, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, his people. That is who we are. And each one of us is an essential and valuable contribution to the living spiritual house that is the church. Because we are a household, one family, one family of God. Whatever our background and our nationality and all with a role to play. Each of us with his living spirit dwelling within us, transforming us to be more like the precious cornerstone. That is the living and alive Jesus Christ. We together are united in him. That is who we are. Next to us in Saltford is a huge estate. It's being developed and sprouting new homes all over the place. They extend right out into the countryside. Each brick is laid one upon another, together producing a home, a safe place for someone to live. And each brick is essential. And so too are we as living stones at St Swithin's. Each of us is precious to God, a member of his household, essential. We are brothers and sisters of Christ. We cannot be his church with each other as we together rely on him. Peter identifies God's church as a holy priesthood. Peter's readers would have understood that reference. It would have reminded them of the temple and the great high priest who was chosen by God to go into that most holy place, into the temple once a year to offer sacrifices on behalf of the people so that they might be forgiven for their sin. No other Israelite could enter the Holy of Holies and meet with God because nobody was pure enough to be in his presence. Peter describes all God's people here as priests because we no longer need anyone to mediate on our behalf. Jesus, our great high priest, has dealt with sin for all time and he's made us holy and pure so that we might constantly live in the presence of God. That is who we are. 
We're God's holy people, his children who can enjoy his company forever. So finally then, what is our purpose? Well, primarily, we need to depend on the cornerstone because out here, without him, we will, rather like my mum's plum pie, collapse into a heap rather than be built into a beautiful, strong, living spiritual house. Our purpose isn't to offer, bring offerings of bulls and goats to a building or to someone else in order to have our sin forgiven, but instead to offer ourselves to God. Rejoicing that Christ, as the writer of Hebrews says, has been once for all, once for all time, one sacrifice for sin. We are forgiven and his people. Paul writes in Romans that we're to offer ourselves, offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And as verse nine in this passage says, to declare his praises, to declare the praises of all that he's done in taking us from darkness to light and making us into the people of God we're called to be. During lockdown, many of us have been struggling with our purpose. It might feel that everything's just been stripped away and that we're left wondering what on earth we can do that's purposeful and useful and we're just stuck indoors all day. These verses are really simple and clear. We're called to praise the one who saved us. We're called to offer him our lives on a daily basis, to live and serve him, to keep him as foundation of all. We're called to honour him with our good deeds and bring glory to him in what we do. We're called to be holy, to abstain from sin. That's what it means to be church. And in a time when we can't gather, we can praise him in our homes. We can talk about him with our children, with those we live with. We can see him in the colours of spring and in our daily walks. We can thank him for our friends and family, for giving us one another at St Swithin's. And we can give generously to those in need and take care of those who live around us. And perhaps instead of wishing lockdown away, we can spend time in his word, talking, listening, growing and thriving as his living stones, ready for the time when we will once again be able to gather. At a time when many in our world are feeling fearful and hopeless, consumed with anxiety about the virus and how it will affect the future, God's church has an opportunity just to shine brightly. One church leader described the church as the hope of the world. That is what I believe we are and what we're called to be. A vast and beautiful spiritual home where we depend entirely on the cornerstone, trusting him, secure in him, relying on him in good times and in times of strain. A beautiful spiritual house towering above the Bath skyline with all the other Christians in the city. A beacon of light shining in the darkness, made up of the people of God, inviting others to join us on his behalf, bringing hope to the lost, love to the lonely, healing to the sick and new life to the despairing. For that, St Swithin's Church is who we are. Let's pray together. Christ is our cornerstone the one on whom we depend. In him we are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Father God, may we be one who you have called us to be, 
May we daily lean on Christ, our cornerstone, trusting in him entirely for all we need, all we are concerned about and for all those we love. Please fill us afresh with your spirit that we might together live for you and shine brightly as your church in Bath, pointing others to the Lord Jesus and serving one another as we serve you. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent Jesus to die in our place, to pay the price for our sins, so that we can be restored to a right relationship with you. And thank you that we can pray and know that you hear. We bring before you the world, particularly at this time of pandemic. We ask for wisdom for world leaders peaceful collaboration between nations, skill and knowledge for scientists, and wisdom for logistics of coming out of lockdown without allowing a second wave of infection. Thank you, Lord, that at this time of uncertainty, people are realizing their need of you and are searching for the truth. Thank you that far more people are accessing uh, services online than ever usually attend a church service. We pray, Father, that you will turn this situation to good, that you will bring revival, and that there will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and of grace around the world. Father, for our own church family, we ask for comfort for those in grief, the warmth of your presence for those feeling lonely, and a deepening of our knowledge and trust that you are our provider. During this time, we pray for your special blessing, protection and provision for all our mission partners. Who knows, but that you may have called them for such a time as this. Please, Lord, anoint them and use them for your glory. We also bring before you our brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering persecution and destitution because of their faith in you. We think of India, where Christians are now considered the lowest of the low, right at the bottom of the lowest caste, and are at the bottom of the list for state aid. And Father, we hear that there are many Indian pastors who are destitute because their congregations have nothing to give for their support. We pray for those with leprosy in Nepal and elsewhere who are not allowed to use standpipes and wells that others use and whose limited supplies mean that they cannot wash hands regularly during this pandemic and are especially vulnerable. We pray for wisdom and direction for all Christian relief agencies working to ease suffering at this time. And in our own country, Lord, we bring before you the vote taking place this week in Parliament regarding giving assent to a bill liberalising abortion in Northern Ireland, a bill which removes many of the protections currently in place and which would open the door to further liberalisation in the rest of the UK. Lord, intervene, break through, may your will be done. Finally, Lord, we bring ourselves and our finances and resources before you. May we remember that we are stewards 
not owners of all that is in our hands. Move us and guide us by your Holy Spirit to use those resources where and when you want us to. May our hands be open. We ask all these things in the almighty name of Jesus, our King, Saviour and Friend. Amen.